Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Okay, welcome to Cinnabuds. I am 889's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today we are talking about the movie Honey Boy. I see you. Concentrate real hard. Be a 12-year-old. Pie fight. It's not a pie fight. Think it through. What's your mother got a job for? Just in case. In case what? I don't In case you fail. In case it don't work out. Yes, man. She's filling your head full of fear. Honey Boy is a movie that came out last year um, featuring Shia LaBeouf. Uh, you want to give a plot rundown, Kay Pally? Sure. It's about uh, it's autobiographical. Shia LaBeouf wrote the film about his childhood, his relationship with his dad as he was entering as a young kid, as he was entering um, showbiz, and it is a unpleasant relationship. Yeah, I, I mean the whole thing is about Shia LaBeouf and his father. And uh, do you know that Shia LaBeouf wrote this? Well, he got. Uh, he was arrested for public intoxication in Savannah, Georgia in 2017. And then he was in court-ordered rehab. He was on like a 10-week a rehab and discovered that he had PTSD or like went through therapy. And they were like, yeah, you have PTSD from your father and from this time. Yeah. And then he wrote this entire movie while in rehab. And then they started filming it like two weeks after he got out of out of rehab. Yeah. And then... Him being in rehab and writing it is in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so what do you think? I liked it. Um, it. It's it had some issues, but mostly I thought it was impressive. And I think what I think is most impressive about it is um, the filmmaking part of it. The story is really obviously very heartbreaking and hard to watch on occasion. Um, there's some funny moments just because the father character who, so Shia LaBeouf plays his own father in the movie. They don't say his name. The character's name is Shia changes it to what is it? Otto or something like that. Yeah. Um, Played by Lucas Hedges. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, the grown up version of uh, Shia LaBeouf slash Otto is Lucas Hedges. But yeah, Shia LaBeouf plays his dad essentially in the film. And he is this, he's a character. He's not a great man at all. He's, but he has moments where it's just his behavior is so ridiculous that it's, it's funny. But most, I, I would say the laughs are few and far between, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But the, yeah. the, the look of the film um, and the, the way that they focus so much just on these like conversations between the two of them, there's still, there's a lot more of it. There's that you see him act in you know tv shows you see the him as an adult the lucas hedges parts but the the meat of it really is the interactions between him and his dad throughout going into it i was like shia labeouf making a movie about the relationship with his dad and playing his dad i very much like this concept i i really love something like about a father son relationship and i think that this was it was a very well done father son relationship but that was it it was the whole yeah. movie was was it was just this one relationship. So it is like it is this one note that it rings the whole time. I thought it was very good. I'm glad I watched it. Um, 
I wasn't heartbroken that it didn't win a ton of Oscars or wasn't nominated for like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But um but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had some questions about it. We'll talk about it in the in the long form, but um yeah, overall I'm glad I watched it. It was interesting. It's very sad to know it's it kind of enlightened my view of Shia LaBeouf and I will yeah. talk about my view of him before and after when we talk later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um yeah, it was good to watch. Right when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about how we feel about Shia LaBeouf. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. And we back. Oh, yeah. Okay, before we went to break, you kind of mentioned your thoughts on (laughs) Shia LaBeouf. And I want to hear them because I have thoughts about him as well. Oh, that's good. So for a very long time, I'd say a few years, just uh, I have not cared for that gentleman. Not that as an actor, he's fine. I thought all the stuff he does around the publicity things and some of his art stuff had a very James Franco vibe. It's a very look at me, attention seeking um, kind of, (laughs) I feel like the same way about like James Franco, Matthew McConaughey. They just, it's, there's an ego masked with artistry. It's just like, this is look at me. I will put it in the context of art but what, essentially what I'm doing is just plugging myself, like push, like wanting everyone to look at me so hard, which can be said for most actors, but it's just in such a blatant kind of silly way with them. Yeah. So for the longest time, I just find him annoying. And, uh, but as an actor, I thought he was fine. Like he's charming a lot of stuff. He's yeah. funny. He's got a good tone when he talks and everything. I hear what you're saying about the ego masked as artistry. I I always felt, and I'm, I may be, you know, this is just what I have felt about Shia LaBeouf, um, is that I felt that he's a bit different from James Franco, because, like, I agree, James Franco is, I hear what you're saying, is, like, yeah. the ego masses artistry, but I, I, I kind of felt like some of Shia LaBeouf's was, like, genuine, a person genuinely kind of in free fall at points where he is like being arrested for doing things. And I'm sure that there was a part of it. That's like, I'm Shia LaBeouf, you know, like I can do this, but like arrested multiple times for like public intoxication. And then it was like, he, um, uh, he like copied a script and then he was, Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. The Daniel yeah. Close script. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, um, and then he was like, I am not famous anymore. And it, it, and it really felt like here's a person who's really struggling very publicly. Yeah. And uh, here's someone who is just like in the public eye <laughs> and has been since they were forever and is right. having a really tough time and is doing things that are genuinely dumb but just can't escape being famous you know and so i yeah i kind of always felt about like his his antics the like public intoxication and stuff like that as in like um like here's a person who's who's really struggling and just like can't 
can't avoid the the cameras because no. that is like kind of his job. And I there I've always like kind of I've always like kind of felt for him and uh, felt like interested in him because it's like here is this person who just can't escape it. Right. Now it's interesting because I agree. I was going to say the same. I was going to say similar things afterwards. Like I see all that. I'm annoyed by him. I heard a bit about his story and uh, kind of assumed like it's his way of dealing with his issues. But I, I think what happens is I've stopped having, I feel like I have a, a very decent level of sympathy for people. How I'm not, I'm not a sociopath, (laughs) a very decent level. Yeah. I'm not a sociopath. (laughs) However, I feel like when it comes to celebrity, I I just don't waste it on them as much just because I mean, I do like when they they go through this horrible stuff and he was a kid when it happened, celebrity or not, when you're a kid, that's super shitty. Um, It's just when you act out as an adult and you're a celebrity, I just, it, it's not, nothing wrong with it. I get it. It's the same thing anyone else goes through. It's just, I have less interest in it, I guess. I get because I'm, I don't know them and I'm, I'm absorbing them as a actor, as their through their work, not so much as him as like a person I know. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, like not, not to be cold, but I'm like, I, I know people personally who go through bad stuff and I feel for them. I see people on the news that didn't ask for any of this and you know, they're going through terrible stuff. Anyway, my point is I just like, yeah, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure he had a horrible life and I'm sorry for him. I still don't enjoy what he does. <laughs> sure. I don't, I don't hate him as a person. I just want to enjoy what he does. But then I watched, I I mean, I heard about this story and I started feeling it before I watched the movie, but watching the movie really does drive home that, okay, you, you are starting to get your head back in a good place. Like this whole movie is essentially a very high level attempt at therapy. Yeah. Most people don't have access to an entire movie production to work through their stuff, but but good for him. Um, When you see it all played out, like that is really and that awful to have that experience a dad who's just only connected to you through money and is doesn't treat you very nicely and is uh, not a, a good role model and then you have to kind of deal with that the rest of your life so i have a lot more sympathy for him and i have a lot less frustration when i think about the kind of silly things he's done and that's what i think about is like we just don't you just don't see someone get to play this out on this kind of level right you know like he is in the unique position where it's like we know people that go to therapy and have these things happen to them, but no one else really like has a chance to express that in a major motion picture. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and I do think that that is genuinely interesting. And I think that it's that like with him, we had this kind of like weird chance to like see somebody go through it. In a way yeah. that, like, we, in a way that, like, I don't even get to, like, see my friends go through it or right. these things that people, like, kind of keep to themselves, we are seeing. Let's get into the movie uh, a bit. Oh, how yeah, how yeah, did you yeah. think that worked on the movie? Um, pretty good. So essentially, you see him live with his dad in a motel room while his dad sort of manages his career. And his dad seems to impede his career more than he really helps it right he practices with him he doesn't he doesn't give him a lot of positive feedback um 
and he causes problems on the set, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you see them interact with other people. He has a big brother at some point who seems like a really good, a really good influence. The dad gets really jealous and like assaults him essentially. Yeah. Um, so all of that is like really shocking and powerful. And the one thing I didn't, what I would have liked is to see more of the mom. Cause the mom, I mean, it's definitely clearly intended to be, this is just a story about me and my dad. Yeah. But I was just very curious about his relationship with his mom because you all, you only hear her on the phone right? and you hear what the dad says about her. But I really, I just genuinely don't know, like, why is he only living with you in a motel room? Um, uh, you have a big brother, so clearly the mom has like enrolled you in this program to help. But why are you not living with her? There's just a lot of unanswered questions about that part of his relationship. Yeah, I know. I do know that she was on set every day. Oh yeah, in in real life, he was. She was. Yeah. So yeah. So I I I'm with you on that, but I, I do know that that relationship is good and. Yeah. So it would have been just interesting to have even just a glimpse of it, just a quick. Sure. Like explanation that you could, then you could go, okay, so that's what's happening there. Um, I'll also say that like the, I liked Lucas Hedges. He didn't do an impression of Shia LaBeouf, which is nice, but yet I still saw some of his like mannerisms or just general ego or attitude in those scenes where he's in therapy. And I thought he did a really great job. Man, the only- Lucas, oh, Lucas Hedges is just a star. That, He's really good. That dude is so good. I mean, he, I, I think I first saw him in Lady Bird. I think that that is where oh, I remember I seeing remember, him first. Yeah. He was in Lady Bird. He was in Boy Erased. He was in Waves, um, recently. Yeah, he Waves. He was great. I mean, that I, I will watch anything with with him in it. That's a vote of approval for me. Yeah, I the the scenes where he's like. I don't know. There's something about having the scenes just going back to being annoyed a little bit. Like I let, I love that he's working it out on, in this movie. Right. There's a little bit much about him being in therapy, the parts where he's in therapy and then discovering he's writing it and then telling his dad, he's going to make a movie about him. And then you're watching the movie. I'm sure that seemed like a clever idea and I'm sure it is a clever idea. It just to me, it felt a little heavy, a little heavy handed for me. Yeah, It was a little <laughs> it was heavy. And and it was it was the whole thing was just kind of one note. It was just like yeah. here's my dad was not good. Yeah, yeah. Beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say this though, and this is what I really want to make sure I talk about this. The director uh, Alma Harrell, yeah, is I've seen she's mostly done documentaries before this. Interesting. And she's been working on this with Shia LaBeouf for at least four or five years because. She mentioned I saw her at True False years ago with the documentary called Love True. Love True is really, really cool documentary, um, which I'll talk about in a second. But um, she had talked about how she was she had kind of befriended Shia LaBeouf. He had seen uh, a previous film of hers and they had been talking about doing this project together. And I do love her style, visual style and her pacing and the kind of tones that she makes like visual tones that are similar to some of her docs and i do want to put uh do a shout out for love true which i think is on a streaming platform that i saw recently so take a look for it but it's essentially these she kind of follows these three different people and it's all different examinations of love like familial love romantic love you know etc um and uh 
all of them have some heartbreaking aspect to them, but also that she does these like um, fantasy sequences Uh within a documentary, which I love. She's really good. And I'm glad that she at least has this um, platform to start making more stuff. Uh, Cause docs, you know, you either stick with docs or because you love them or you just don't get a shot at making what you want to make. Do you think that she should have been nominated for like best director? See, that's the tricky part to, to be nominated for best director. Your movie has to be pretty much has to be nominated for best picture or in that league. And I think, I do think the direction of this movie was far superior to than the story. Um, it could be that I'm just a fan of her work, but I would say like visual elements of it could have been like cinematography could have been nominated. I think she should have been, um, she herself should have been acknowledged more than the film was, which is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But her, her, I'm a fan of for sure. Okay. Honey boy. Is there, do you, is there anything else you want to say? Um, I want to tell my dog to stop. Eating my shoes? <laughs> no. Good. All right. I said no, and he walked away. That's what I'd like to do, and I'd like the viewers, I'd like the listeners to take that to heart. <laughs> okay. Don't eat my shoes. <laughs> All right, honey boy. Um, you can have opinions for yourself because it's on Amazon Prime right now, and That's you can right. go see it there. Um, yeah, that's Honey Boy. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about what, you know, what I have been watching this past, the past two weeks have been Disney movies. Yeah. Because. Are you doing the Disney plus thing? Oh yeah. We've got Disney plus. Gotcha. Um, uh, my whole family, the one thing that we can agree on is that, uh, we enjoy Disney. Right. And uh, um, uh, I made we were me and my brother were following this uh, Instagram, this Disney Instagram page that was having some kind of like Disney movie uh, music tournament or like the the best songs. And uh, me and my brother were like, well, what if we just this this is poorly run. What if we just did a Disney movie tournament that for our family with our favorite movies? Oh yeah, and so that's what we did, and we made a sixty-four team bracket Jeez. of Disney movies, and had them like in each division. We had like the divisions was like me and Jarek, that's my brother, um, like the movies that came out in our lifetime. Our sister who who uh, who I was going to say who came out who <laughs> <laughs> who came out ten years after us. Uh, Her album dropped yeah. <laughs> uh, ten years later. Yeah. We had the classics, which is like movies before we were born, and then right. Pixar movies was its own bracket. Gotcha. And uh, it was so. And then I like invited all of our family onto like a Facebook group, and then I had them uh, the matchups as polls every day, and we went through like each round, and like they would advance based on how the family voted on them. That's great. And uh, it was such a fun thing to do. It was like the highlight of two weeks in quarantine was just like going, (laughs) which is like going on this every day and like getting my family to like talk to each other because we haven't been able to like meet up or talk at all. Oh, right, right. Of course. 
And so uh, that was very fun. The winner. Yeah, that's what I want to know. I'm on I'm on the edge of my seat. You know, going in, I was like I would like a movie for us to like have as a family. Um right. to be like, you know, this is our movie and I was like I'm sure that it'll be like Toy Story or Lion King or some like movie that everyone loves and we could say that we love it a little more or that it is like, you know, our thing. But the movie that ended up coming, the movie that caught tournament fever (laughs) it was a middling seven seed in the classics division and ended up it beat snow white and then it beat little mermaid and then 101 dalmatians and then finally it beat uh toy story in the championship 1981's Big Mama, it's just getting interesting. <laughs> Fox and the Hound. Okay. Ended up being the champion. That's this is why that's amazing. I am fairly certain that's the first movie I ever saw in the theater. Wow. Yeah. So, and I remember the power of that movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would need to rewatch that. It was just like. It came out at the right time and like this the right amount of my family like had it on VHS Ooh. when they were kids and yeah. loved it. And then I was like, that's so many of those movies is just like coming out at the right time and then owning it and rewatching it yeah, at a very right. impressionable age. And yeah. uh, that was that movie for a lot of our family. And so it just had such a it has such a historic run and it really did feel like sports, you know, where it's like yeah. they were going up against each other <laughs> at one part at 101 Dalmatians. It was like at at 24 hours where I usually stopped the voting. It was like at a tie. <laughs> and so I put it into That's overtime really and then a member from our family that hadn't <laughs> voted on anything the entire time was like, I vote for Fox and the Hound. And it was like, what? wow, it was. That's, I'm delighted that an underdog. So was pun I. Inten- yeah. Pun intended. Yep. Uh, came out like that. That's great. So was I. It was awesome. You know, we did this. We did this last year or maybe the year before because Disney had that bracket sheet that you could download. And I remember. I went through it and mine ended up being um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Of course. Which I did not think was owned by Disney. And then I realized everything's owned by Disney. So right. it probably makes perfect sense. But yeah, that movie, Nightmare Before Christmas, I did not grow up with. I think I discovered it when I was like 19 or 20. <laughs> good, to- good time to discover that movie. But yeah, that was really good. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that was fun. That was awesome. I loved doing that yeah. so much. Um, that would be that would be a lot of fun. I would say um, I, I just recently rewatched uh, 101 Dalmatian. So good. And Cruella Deville is maybe one of the worst villains in movie history. What do you mean worst? Cruella Deville, Cruella Deville. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Oh, to Roger. see her is to take a sudden chill. Oh. Cruella. Cruella, she's like a spider waiting for the kill. Roger, she's just horrendous. Her per- I mean, not, I'm not saying she's as committed as many atrocities as some of the villains in like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but her persona is just so 
never end. It's like in your face, constant, awful. I and the and the two the two kind of pleasant heroes, you know, the dog yeah. owners. I was like, why are you letting her in your life like this? <laughs> she has no. She doesn't seem to have any hold over you. Just make her leave. She's so terrible. I love Corella Deville. She's one of my absolute like favorite Disney villains. She is so she she is a villain driven by fashion. You know, she, yeah. <laughs> that's true. It is like it is like the greatest uh, implementation, like greatest drive for a villain to like yeah. want a coat that is made of puppy fur and I, yeah i want to murder the cutest things in that exist so i can have a coat and i'm gonna be a piece of shit about it the whole time i i know that that is why i i think she's like set the bar for disney villains as far yeah. as like absolute wild drive a, a, a killer song she it's like she has a certain amount of like charismatic malevolence about her uh yeah. i just i love corella deville i i love to hate her you know oh my gosh oh my gosh but yeah i i need to get to, I, I really did not think i was going to be interested in disney plus because i'm like I, I don't i don't need any of that uh i am kind of curious to see that um mandalorian I didn't think I was going to be that curious, but when uh, Baby Yoda came out, I was like, "Yeah, I guess I got to see this." Yeah, and then uh, and then ha- going back and watching the uh, 101 Dalmatians, I, uh, like I did it at my girlfriend's, I was like, "Oh, I, I do want to kind of revisit some of these classics." Yeah, it's it's nice. It it but it, it is like all the movies that you've seen. It's like yeah, it's it's an app that you use to watch movies that you've already seen. I'm I have surprisingly a high number of blind spots when it comes to Disney films. So I'm sure I could catch up with some things. For sure. Uh, Yeah. What have you been watching? Um, Let's take a look. I have watched a lot of movies I have not cared for recently. Wow. (laughs) Cause I've been, I've been reading a lot and I've been uh, trying to draw and I'm still working. So I've, I've had a lot of background movies happen. Yeah. Um, But I will, let me see. I'm sure I saw something. I What's the worst movie you watched in the past week? Oh, that's easy. That is a movie called um, uh, Abominable. <laughs> it's a. I, it may, is it a Disney or is it Pixar or something? It's essentially oh. a Bigfoot movie. Oh yeah, we have, it was a like DreamWorks three, production, I think. DreamWorks, yeah, it was really boring. It looks bad, um, especially f- and they usually do you know good stuff. Yeah. So for some reason that one was not so good. Um, oh, I also saw Birds of Prey. How was that? It was very bad. Was it? There's some uh, people heard, really rallied around the movie. I know, and I w- I wanted it to be good because like a all female powerful team, and I'm like, and that doesn't it's not represented well in the superhero world. So I'm like, oh yeah, and I was very disappointed. Um, there, and not to be nerdy, but there's a <laughs> character named Black Canary who has a power where she screams and it blows people over, uh-huh. and. And the whole time, I'm like, why is she just punching and kicking? Why isn't she doing that thing? She does it once at the end. I'm like, that's a terrible, terrible use of that character. Oh, I will say a movie I did like a lot. As a, um, I've been on a South Korean kick. Okay. South Korean movies, are, are they really have a strong industry there. Uh, but I saw this really fun movie called The Good, the Bad, and the Weird. 
which is a takeoff on the good, the bad, the ugly. It's a Western out of South Korea. Um, that's uh, about a tr- sort of like a train robbery and a map and a, a treasure map. It's really entertaining. I, I would recommend that. That one. sounds great. I watched a Clint Eastwood movie this past week on Un- Unforgiven. Oh, yeah. I did not like it. You didn't like Unforgiven? No. Oh, boy. That's one of the top top five best Westerns I've ever seen. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I talked about, I, I gave a recommendation recently on the member page for uh, the uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, which is a Sergio Leone masterpiece yeah. movie. Um, and I talked about how my dad and I both like Westerns. He's more of a John Wayne guy. I'm more of a Clint Eastwood guy. Once Upon a Time in the West doesn't have either of those people in it. Uh, so it's nice. It's a good middle ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely more of a Clint Eastwood one, even though he's not in it because it's Sergio Leone. But Henry Fonda plays a terrible villain. Talk about bad villains, man! And it's Henry Fonda who's like the, the Tom Hanks of his time, playing this real dastardly villain. It's a, it's a real, it's a, a, an incredible. It's probably one of my top twenty-five. Wow. Yeah. All right. I have a lot of tops. Yeah. We're going to talk about tops next week when yeah. uh, we're going to talk about, well, what are we going to talk about? You say it. We're going to talk about uh, the best comedies of the last 10 years. We hit 2020 this year, so it's a good time to reflect on a decade. And I chose to hone in on the comedies of the past decade. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. I want to hear some of yours, too. I want to hear some of yours. Yeah, yeah. We'll get some of mine in there, but we'll mainly talk about yeah. the list that you made. all right honey boy and other stuff this has been cinnabuds cinnabuds is our theme song is from uh, milwaukee's own christopher pollard and justin barney (laughs) yeah written by brett newski and uh, we are sorry that he couldn't be here to do it and that you had to hear us um uh, we get handcrafted sonic support from the license lab We are edited by DJ Kenny Perez. And thank you to our members at at 89 Milwaukee and at Milwaukee Film. Thank you guys so much. I hope you're all safe and warm and cozy watching movies, reading books, washing your hands. And finally, we wouldn't be here without the knowledge the know-how, wow. and not to mention the good looks of oh, yeah, Christopher Ballard. Oh, that's unnecessary, but appreciated. And, of course, I would like, once again, to thank my dog, Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe! Alright. <laughs> Alright, see you next week. Bye.